welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello and welcome leaders. Before we get started, I have a quick question for you. How are you doing? This episode is releasing during summer for our school leaders and I am really thinking about all of you, hoping you are truly taking time to relax and rejuvenate, have some fun with friends and family, especially after the year that we've had. As I think about all of you, I'm thinking Hey, I'd love to connect with you, see some photos, hear how you're enjoying your days, share your joy with me. You can always find me on Twitter at Dr. Shana Henry or send me a message, connect with me on Instagram at Principles of Success. Honestly, truly, I would really love to know how you're doing. So connect with me, please. Now on to today's episode. Today, I am joined by Principal Ruth Reha, an elementary school principal in Sugarland, Texas, and we are digging into why shared leadership is value-added on any school campus. Ruth shares why this was a valuable lesson for her in nearly 20 years of leadership and some examples of how this plays out on her site. Let's get started. Hello, Principal Ruth Ria. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here <laughs> as well. Can you start by telling the audience a little bit about you? Okay, yes. I have been a principal for almost 20 years, and I started in the Houston area uh, because I separated from my twin sister. We have the exact same resume. <laughs> <laughs> we have the, we went to school together, went to college together. And so she ventured off into San Antonio and I ventured off into the Houston area and I ended up down here starting as an assistant principal, which was just a whirlwind. I worked for a wonderful principal and she was on maternity leave. I ended up working with an interim principal there and I guess caught the attention of an assistant superintendent who's like, you should try for principal. And I was like, oh no, oh no. I have only been an assistant principal for two years. So thank you. I'm good. But it was one of those things where my principal, who is one of my dearest friends right now, said, Don't you don't say no. <laughs> I said, okay. So um I started and I was about 25 years old and started as a principal. And I thought, these one teacher told me, you're not even old enough to vote. Like she was very <laughs> love, so, love when they pointed out. Yeah. To you. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know, but I was like, let me prove myself to you. And, and I always still do count on my veteran teachers to guide me and show me the right things. And, you know, it was never a, I'm this new school person and y'all are veterans and any disrespect. I've always been so thankful to work with the veterans teachers that I work with. And so once I established that level of respect for them and because, you know, I had three years of teaching under my belt and two years of an AP and then became a principal, like, holy moly, like that was quite, quite an adventure. And there were, you know, a few rough years and I worked through it and had really great mentors, women in my life who are mentors and leaders who really stood with me and showed me and gave me great examples. So now I'm here and 
I'm at an, I've always been at the elementary level. It's what I love. I love teaching kindergarten and I taught some third and fourth grade before I became an AP. And I have heard recently from one of my friends, she's like, you got to try middle school. And I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I really, I just, I really love from pre-K to fifth is my current campus. And they just, it just makes my heart happy to see little elementary students growing. And that's where I've always been the happiest. So that's a little bit about my professional career. Personally, I'm married. I have a little eight-year-old son and he's in third grade with me uh, on the campus that I'm at, which has been an adventure too, because, yeah. you know, to have your own child with you in your building, and he has been since he's in kindergarten, you just learn so much. You're like, okay, I need to quit walking by his room and <laughs> spying on him and making sure he's behaving. <laughs> but uh, he's a great kid, and my husband's very supportive and um, got married later in life, and he knew, you know, I had late hours, and I was very dedicated to my job, and yeah. I think finding someone who supports that is so important, and I'm very thankful that my husband is. He's always known, you know, on Thursday nights, you're working late, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm going to come get, you know, our son, and y'all have stuff to do, and, you know, and all the campus events and things like that prior to COVID, which was much more, but I'm very thankful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said you've been a principal for 20 years. Almost. Did I catch yeah. That? yeah, I'm getting close. Almost 20 years. Yeah, almost 20 so years. So <laughs> from your story, you you started pretty young and I mm-hmm. I have a similar path as you. And I often think about, gosh, what do I wish I knew then yes. that I know now? Yes. I'm really curious what you would say in that. Yeah, I think that um, I would have focused on instruction a lot sooner. I think coming from being an assistant principal to a principal so quickly As an assistant principal, you do so many procedural things like books, discipline, schedules, para-schedules, substitutes, doing all that. And I carried some of that. And I'm going to say into my first couple of years of the principal that I missed some of the key instructional points that I wish I had been like, I'm the instructional person on this campus. Depend on my AP to help me more with the procedural. Delegating was very hard for me, (laughs) which I think is for a lot of women in principal yeah. roles, it's hard to say, oh, no, no, I got it. I, I got it. I can do it. And it hasn't been until the last, I'd say, six or seven years that I'm like, no, I'm going to help build the leadership capacity of the people around me. It's not it's not the Ruth show. Like, you know, it's not I'm the principal. I'm making all the decisions. It's not that. And I think that's a trap that a lot of women fall into at first, which is I'm going to shoulder everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right at the expense of family time and personal time and taking care of my health and, and it's going to be okay. And then you get to a point where you're eventually like so close to burning out that you just can't continue. And really, if you look around, there's so many people who are like, let me help you. I want to learn. I want to do this. And when you finally open your eyes and go, yes, and they do a great job, you know, and let them. It's it's eye-opening, and it makes everything so much better. So I wish I had realized those two things earlier on. Yeah, that's so great because I think it's such a balance, right? Mm-hmm. Because you feel a responsibility of being the leader, and there are often times that people on your staff deem that to you, right? You right. are the leader, and we're going to look to you to make those decisions. So I'm really curious how you navigate that balance of how you pull people up when they don't think that they should be there. Mm -hmm. And how do you also balance that role of the ultimate responsibility of the principal as the leader? It's hard because, and because I'm a very kind, compassionate 
caring person, almost to um, what some people in leadership may consider to a fault. Like I think for a long time, being kind and compassionate and caring was almost a mark of weakness as a leader. Like I think they'd be like, oh, you're nice. I hope you can do your job. And what irritates me is I've always been nice. I've always been kind. I've always been compassionate and getting to know the people around me. Like, how's your husband? You recently lost your mom. What can I do to help you? And asking those questions where some people, and there's still many who are like, that's just fluff. You need to walk in there and just get to it, you know, but actually knowing the people you work with, because you really can determine and it takes time. You know, it's yeah. not something you can just rush in and say, okay, I'm going to interview every single staff member when I get to my new school and write notes and jot down who they are in that 10 minute interview, which, you know, I think is admirable. But if you're there every day and you stop in and you're genuinely saying, hey, are you okay? Like, I know you're five, five minutes mm-hmm. behind and it's not, you're late. I'm going to start documentation. It's why are you okay? Turns out you have childcare issues or you're taking care of an elderly mother or you're, you know, and it's just knowing those things to build that capacity to really get to know somebody and say, you want to be an instructional coach one day? I see that in you. And I've been in your room and I see you want to do it. You want to be an assistant principal? I've had two or three teachers who have become excellent assistant principals and I'm very happy for them. I'm sad I lost them as a teacher, but I'm never going to stand in their way of becoming something else they want to try, you know? So it's those extra, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but to balance that with the expectation of, you know, I still want you to do well. Like I still expect excellent teaching in your classroom. If you're having a rough time, I'm going to support you. Like I am not, I am never going to be. And I think we've all seen it. The leader that says I got 20 people to quit so I can start over. Mm -hmm. I hate that. I hate that. It's not a badge of honor to say I have such a huge turnover because I'm cleaning this up. I have a mess to clean up. I hate that. And I think right now there's so many teachers. We should be treating them like gold. I'm serious Mm -hmm. because we're losing them. I lost. Yes. I lost teachers that were excellent, but they are just like, I'm not, I don't feel respected by society. I don't want to continue this backbreaking work for very little recognition. And I can give the recognition, but seeing really excellent teachers resign is heartbreaking. And so yeah, it's, it's scary right now. Yeah. That, that leads me to a, a question just with the state of where we are right now. Mm-hmm. Money is not even an incentive for our teachers to stay no. in the profession for paying extra hours. No. It's just so much right now. Yeah. So how do you maintain shared leadership mm-hmm. in a state of where we are right now? Yeah, it's very difficult because, you know, and I still do, I'm not going to lie, I still do dress up days and we still do the treat card. <laughs> we still do, look, I'm like, wear jeans, just come every day. I'm just happy yeah. to see your face. I don't care if you wear jeans and tennis shoes, let's go. You know, come on, <laughs> you know, I'm just right. happy. And I actually have found myself more often than not saying, thanks for coming back. <laughs> and that's just, yeah. that's a sign of like, wow. And so trusting in my team leaders, trust is a huge issue. Micromanaging and saying like, here's a really elaborate Google form for you to fill out. Here's an Excel document. Go spend all your planning this week, filling this out for me to look at and say, okay, thank you. Like, right. I, I don't like that micromanaging. I don't trust you kind of thing. You know, we still have lesson plans. I don't pick over them with the fine tooth comb. I go in their rooms. I can see, you know, 
is it going well or not? And my assistant principal and my math coach, my literacy teacher, my dyslexia teacher, my ESL support teacher, my campus compliance, we're all on the same team. And we know that we all are thinking the same way because we spend a lot of time touching base with each other, you know, and meeting with each other and saying, what did you see? Did you see that? You know, I think she's struggling with small groups. How can we help her? Without going, uh, you're horrible and we need to come. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't have to be, if we trust kids to grow with our support, that can't be lost just because someone has a teaching degree and just say, well, you should be perfect. Good luck. You know, building that with the people around us and having good relationships where it's not a, I'm higher than you and I'm looking down on you. Yeah. And I see that a lot. I've seen that a lot. And it it really irritates me when I see it. I'm more like, you know, I'm going to stay low. (laughs) I'm going to get my work done. I don't call attention to myself because I honestly believe in that adage. Like, it shouldn't be me. I should be in the background going, look what these teachers and staff members are doing. Look how awesome they are. You know, and they know that I feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a difference, too. So give me an example for someone who's listening today yeah. and saying, you know, I, I want to do more shared leadership on my yeah. side. I, I don't want to carry it all on my on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an, an example or two of what that looks like on your site? Sure. So when I started at my campus, I also was able to start with a brand new assistant principal. And so I think for me, the basics of it are looking at the foundation of what are the have to do's like we have to have security. We have to have safety. We have to have equipment. We have to have teachers filled. We have to breaking apart those things and saying, I'm going to do this. I need you to help me with this. And then obviously the master schedule and things like that with the brand new assistant principal, they don't always know, but giving them the chance to say, Hey, go work on this. I know how to do it. You know, and I try to know what I'm asking others to do. (laughs) That's the other Mm -hmm. thing. Like I want to be knowledgeable of it and just say, I don't know, go do that. You know? I've never done the master schedule, but you go get to it. Like I want her, I want her to be able to say, I'm trying it and I don't understand how I get these minutes of math. Okay. Well, let's do it. And then we work together. You know, one shining light of COVID has been just the ability to do meetings like this and share your screen and walk mm-hmm. through things together. And so with my AP, I think has been a prime example of this is what I'm looking for. This is what I know how to do. I'm going to support you with it. I want you to go try it and letting it go. And letting them try. And it's the same with my math specialist or my literacy teacher. I know my district objectives and goals are student ownership and gathering feedback. And I'm asking them, hey, when you come back from your meeting, what are y'all talking about? Well, let's make a little mini, mini PD. Nothing that's like you're going to stay after school for two hours because teachers are worn out. It's a math specialist. Can you pop in their planning? Because we do have professional learning communities, so our PLCs. Can you make yourself available for the first 10 minutes or so and tell them what you're talking about? What do they need help with? And then show them examples and then say, can I come into your room? So it's not just always the principal saying, I'm coming to check on you. It's the specialist. It's And they have the specialists have the understanding of I'm going to model what my principal's modeling, which should be respect, the ability to make a mistake and recover and not have any embarrassment or anything held against you if you didn't get it. So if my assistant principal with me tried something, it didn't work. I'm going to say, okay, well, what would you do differently? You know, we have to have the the ability to take the risk and fail and try 
without feeling like you're going to be reprimanded or she's never going to give me a good reference. I'm not going to be able to become a principal. You know, it's all in the trust building, which sounds easier than it actually is. Right. But you have to sit with them and say, this is what, and you model it. I'm always in the halls. I'm going to go see them. When a teacher comes to me with a concern, especially always remembering that in their mind, that's the biggest concern on their plate, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. for us and for my AP and for, we know it's this big animal, but like right before break, for example, we had someone who was very upset about something that we would have just run over, but taking the time to say, tell me why you're upset and being able to apologize and say, I'm really sorry. I missed that. Like, and I apologize. (laughs) Not I'm a human. So if I model that for my instructional team and my teachers know that they're going to be treated with respect and that it's just not something that, oh, well, Ruth put so-and-so over me to double, like to check my every move. That's horrible. So it's, it's modeling it, but it's also being clear and concise. And I do, I make lists. I'm sure we all do. And I, you know, divvy it out and say, I need your help with this. I need your help with this. Let's set up a time, touch base real quick. Mm -hmm. And then what's your evaluation process so Mm -hmm. that you know shared leadership is maximized at your school? Well, so for my evaluation of my specialists and with my AP, we have a beginning of the year meeting, of course, where we set our goals. And our goals for myself and my AP are very similar, (laughs) which I think we should be. You know, I don't want her saying I'm going to decrease discipline and only focus on something like that when it's like, well, we're really working on teachers feeling more comfortable gaining, like gathering feedback or having kids give each other feedback. That's what we're really working on this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I want us to be united in even our goal setting for the year so that we know we can support each other. So we meet beginning of the year and formally middle of the year. And of course the end of the year, but it's constantly like, you know, we have uh, district procedures in place, you know, where we have teams of district leaders that come walk through our building and check things out, which could be perceived as negative, but we have presented it to teachers as it's okay. Whatever they see, if they, if, you know, if there's a criticism or advice, we're going to take it and then we're going to make it the best for our campus. And so I want us to be unified, even in the goal setting, mm-hmm. you know, and so that way we're not totally off the mark. Like I'm working on this piece and you're not, you know, that helps to be a more united team as well, because a lot of the things that we do together, like professional development, even just when we go meet with teams, just to say hello, when we have our student support meetings to talk about kids who are moving from tier two to tier three and all of these things, if we have common unified goals and messaging, then we're in better shape to support each other. Absolutely. And do you regularly ask for feedback or do surveys with your staff about yourself? I've done better with that. <laughs> um, because it's always so scary. It is. And, but, you know, I feel like I'm very lucky in that the teachers and the staff that I work with, this is my third year at this school and they've been very open and very honest. Like that was like, for example, I'll own this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, this year we're like, we have got to take care of self-care. We've got to, got to have self-care, got to do it. And so thinking like, let me check in with them, check in with them. I schedule a quick after school, 15 minutes self-care. <laughs> I already know what's you coming. Know, the teachers are looking at me like, for real, like you right. scheduled a meeting for us to have self-care when well, we could have gone home 15 minutes early. I was like, you're right. right. And I just told the, I mean, one of my team leaders told me that was not necessary. I said, you're right. 
<laughs> I said, that's kind of lame. I'm not going to do that again. And so my school counselor, she does these wellness, like, she's awesome. She does wellness emails and checks in on them and provides opportunities for like, but calling a meeting to have self-care, I was like, that was so dumb. And I knew I was thinking like, I just want to check in on them and let them know I care about them. But you know what? They're happy if I just go, hey, how are you today? What do you yeah. need? What's going on? Instead mm-hmm. of, because <laughs> their faces in that, there were people looking at me like, I could be grading papers. You know, I could go home with my child right now. Like, so, and I get it because even as a professional principal in my levels of training, there's times when you're like, wow. I could have read that on my own, you know, so being more respectful of that, but acknowledging, yeah, that was a mistake. I won't do that again. And they know that. (laughs) And I tell them, well, that was a, you know, I messed up. I'm not going to do that, but I am going to check on you and make sure you're okay. (laughs) Maybe just not in a meeting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cause nobody wants more meetings. You know, I don't want, I certainly don't want more meetings. And if I can streamline things and say, you know, I'm really hustling when I'm here. Like I know during the school day, I'm going to be popping into rooms and the other stuff, like checking my emails and making schedules and things. Maybe I can do them that evening or set Mm -hmm. aside time. And I know it's, you know, it's worth being in the classrooms and seeing and actually asking them in person, do you need help? Right. And so I shoulder that a little bit because it makes me have some more time after school that I'm going to be cleaning up emails and things like that. But those things are not as important as actually being in that room and walking the halls and going to tell people, hey, you you look like you're not doing well. What's going on? Yeah. So I, that's a takeaway, I think, too. Like, don't lock yourself in your office and do emails that can be done after school. Absolutely. And, and I used to be so obsessed, like, with cleaning out my inbox and putting them in my folders and I don't like all that, you know, sitting in there and I'm like, you know, some of these can just sit there, you know, and if they're high priority, like it's almost like a triage, you know, like what's going on, you know, what do I really need to address right now? And then I need to get out of here and go walk around. I need to see what's happening. Right. Well, I appreciated the story that you just shared about the (laughs) the balance after school, because we need those critical friends on our campus, right, to tell us the truth. And I think that speaks volumes to the trust and relationships you've built on your campus. The fact that teachers have been able to be so honest with you to say, Ruth, (laughs) no, that didn't work for us. (laughs) And they do. I can see it in their faces. You know, I know. When I go in a meeting and I'm like, ooh, mm -mm, this is not right. I can feel it, you know. And if you're walking the campus and I know I've done this probably more than once, I'm going to have a faculty meeting because there's this old traditional, like you need to have a faculty meeting all the time, you know, once a month, whatever you can feel it. Like they had assessments due. <laughs> we were getting our 45 minute observations done. They felt high stress from that. We have district walks. I was like, you know, nobody needs a faculty meeting today. I'll get it to right. you and just cancel it and say, please enjoy the gift of time. I promise to get this information to you and anything I need through your PLC time, through your planning time, through a bulletin email, because I right. don't need to meet with you and read you items. Yeah. And it's that trust. Absolutely. It's a trust piece with the teachers knowing like, I'm going to send this your way. I know you're going to read it and I know you're going to take care of it. But mm-hmm. also knowing like, if you don't, I'm going to come say, hey, <laughs> and be like, did right. you notice that? Like, did you see that, that we were talking about that? Oh, yeah. You know, and sometimes it's just they they're so overwhelmed and so busy that they miss it. Yeah. And sometimes if there's a person who's like, I don't think that's important. I want them to have the opportunity to say, no, I didn't do it because et cetera. Sure. (laughs) And tell me why. 
Because if I Absolutely. guarantee you, if they're feeling that way, there's at least 1,500 people on the campus who mm-hmm. feel that way. Definitely. So I need, I need to hear them. So Ruth, what would you like someone who's listening to take away today? If you could summarize in a sentence or two. I think I would say be a human being. You are human. Like let people see that you make mistakes, but that you're working hard and you're doing your very best. If people see that, you can break the mold of my principle is arrogant. My principle is only about themselves. My principal is only giving me to-do items. My principal doesn't know about instruction. They forgot what the classroom was. That's my biggest fear. I, I never want that to be. She just forgot who she was. She's she's the man now. <laughs> you know, like she's 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 lost her way. Yeah. And and be able to have somebody look at you and say something that you don't agree with and say, Oh, well, tell me more. And be willing to apologize if you messed up. Because there's no reason like when you become a principal that everything is perfect. And, you know, and there are some who are like, I never make mistakes. I don't apologize either. And I think that's the hugest thing because we let our kids make mistakes. (laughs) We let them grow. We coach them and we help them. We should do the same with our teachers. We let them make mistakes with the understanding that I'm going to make a mistake too. And we're like a family, true family. You know, I'm sorry. Don't hold a grudge. Let's try something else. That didn't mm-hmm. work. That didn't make sense. Let's try something else. And there's always and there's always somebody who has a really good idea. There's always somebody who's like, well, what if we tried this? But I wouldn't have thought of it. I'm like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. I don't mm-hmm. need credit for it. If it's a good idea, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would take away. Be kind. Be willing to say I messed up. Be willing to let others mess up without holding a grudge and move on with life. Because if anything we've learned Life is precious. It's very important. Our kids are going through trauma right now, and so are our staff members. Absolutely. All right, Ruth, as we wrap up, I always do our fast five at the end. So I have five quick questions for you. Okay. You'll answer with one word or sentence. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Favorite leadership book? John Gordon, The Coffee Bean. Favorite app? TikTok. (laughs) I know. It's shameful. I agree, too. It's so bad. (laughs) Best Amazon find for work? I think my standing desk that I can roll around. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Um, Fine by Mary J. Blige. And one (laughs) tip you would tell your first year principal self? Don't be so hard on yourself. You don't have to be perfect. So great. Yeah. <laughs> Ruth, if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? Um, I'm on Twitter mostly. I don't do Facebook. I don't, I don't, um, so Twitter mostly is at Ruth Reha one. And can they find you on TikTok? No, I don't do that either. <laughs> I, <laughs> You're an observer, not I, a recorder. I gotcha. just watch. I do it for, <laughs> so I can know these words these kids are saying like cringe and sus. And I'm like, what does that right. mean? I'm like, I do <laughs> right. <laughs> with my own they son. And I'm like, what? But also I love the recipes and stuff. You know, I love cooking and things. So I don't post things, but I go into that TikTok hole of watching things. I I know the black hole. I do. Yeah, that's good. Well, Ruth, thank (laughs) you so much for your time today. This has been fantastic. It was nice to meet you. I'm really thankful for the opportunity. And I hope you have a great Christmas and a blessed family time. You know, I hope you get all that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Principal Ruth Reha, for joining me. 
and offering so many opportunities to reflect on the role of a site leader. Yes, we are human too. And you have given us all permission to share the weight and be vulnerable with others. To everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Visit us at principlesofsuccess.com for complete show notes and resources. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. Thank you.